You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Uh, my guest today is Dominic Morris. Dominic is a financial advisor and has been a financial advisor since 2018. Uh, he started with DA Davidson, but he's now with Merrill Lynch uh, slash Bank of America. Um, he's married, two kids, and he's a, a, a high school varsity running backs coach. That's kind of dope. Um, he, he's all about financial literacy, and he's an advocate and teacher in the African-American community. Dominic Morris, what's happening? How are you? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Yeah, also, I forgot to mention, too, I just recently got a promotion, if you will. I'm the special teams coordinator now. Or last that. year was my first year of special teams coordinator. Yeah, so so you got you got that out running, there running reverses on uh on kickoff. <laughs> special teams, you man. Special yes, teams, sir. you. So That's, yep, yep. Yeah, so the special teams. Some some young man is gonna uh gonna learn from you and end up sticking on a NFL roster because he knows how to play special teams. That's the goal, man. If I can do that, that's the goal. Just give me some tickets when you make it. That's all I ask. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, so uh, you know, we haven't spoke in a while. So, how's everything yep. going? It's been going good, man. It's just been crazy busy. Uh, just with the move to Merrill Lynch and and coaching, things have just been going nonstop. Go, but but all for good things. So, all good things. Yeah, yeah. So what what uh what what prompted the move from from DA Davidson to Merrill Lynch? Is that like a lateral move or you moved up or how does that work? You know, it was, it was more of a move up. So um starting at DA Davidson is is a good place because it got me to get some exposure to the market and give me exposure to the industry at not such a high scale like I would have if I started with a big firm like Merrill right off the bat. So I guess I want to say there wasn't as much pressure on me in the beginning, being new and, and coming into a big firm like that. And then um, I just wanted to feel a little bit more of that pressure and, and growth. And so I had an opportunity to make a move and I, I just decided that it was time. Also, because as a financial advisor, I feel like there's so much more now, especially with all the research and different things out there that there's so much more to just giving investment advice. It's, it's actual like finances and, and those kind of things and being able to help that. And since Merrill Lynch is part of Bank of America, I can now do that for my clients. So I don't have to just give them investment advice. I can do um, banking for them, for all my clients that are business owners. I can help them with uh, small business loans if they need it. I can help them set up uh, business banking accounts can help them sell their business if they want to. And then on the, on, on the lending aspect, I can do refis, mortgages for clients and then um, all that. So uh, essentially, I'm a one-stop shop for my clients. So they don't have to really go anywhere else if they don't want to. They can do it all with me. So, Wow. So look, I, I, uh, my business, uh, we bank through Bank of America. So, uh, oh. so I, I might, I might need to, uh, require your services, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. I can get you the special rates on there. Talk to your boy. 
like it. I like it. I like yeah. it. It's funny. Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, what it is that you do, but I think you laid it out pretty, pretty well there. Um, yeah. So, so as, as a financial advisor, like, what is it like, how would I, how would I get, like, how would I, how would I even know to acquire your services? Like, how would I get to you? Cause yeah. I, I, let me be honest. Like I, I, I don't come from a family that's like, you know, balling or nothing like that, you know, but I don't even right. think that financial advisor is something you have to have when you're balling, but I don't think it's something that's talked about a lot. Yeah. Like you should have yeah. a financial advisor. Only people that in my family that I know that have even had a financial advisor. I have a cousin that, or a couple of cousins that played in the NFL and like, okay, so they made a little money mm -hmm. and now they didn't want to manage it. But like most right. of my family is like just grinding, you know, right. nine to fivers or, or, you know, small business and never really had a need for that. So um, right. how does somebody go about getting a financial advisor and maybe why would someone need a financial advisor? Yeah, I'll hit on that topic first on why, um, because I, before becoming a financial advisor, I thought the same exact thing. Well, like, why would I need a financial advisor for? And I, I think it's it's simple. It's more thinking of the long-term effects of how your family is going to be poised with you and a financial advisor. So what I mean by that is it's, it's, we, we don't want to think about these kind of things, but it's a reality that our time on in this world is limited. And usually the, the husband or the male in the family deals with the finances. And so a lot of the times, unfortunately, we have unexpected deaths, divorces take place and that kind of stuff. And so the, the wife, the spouse are all dealt with having to deal with the finances and they have absolutely no idea what to do. And so that's where a financial advisor can come into play is because they are able to help the, that particular person with making those financial decisions. Um, the other thing of why I think it's important to have a financial advisor is because a lot of the times we, we, we think it's not, it's just investments, but like I said, it's such a, a, a broader schedule, it's such a broader schedule that um, there's just so much more to it. And so I think the best thing that a financial advisor can do is we help or I help this is what I tell my clients. I help you protect your values and your goals. And I do that by providing exceptional advice. And what that exceptional advice is to help you make sure that any short term financial decisions that you make do not affect any um, long term financial decisions that you're going to have in the future. And so I think that's why it's important to have a financial advisor is to help you make sure that you have kind of that uh, little person on your shoulder to run decisions through and say, like, I'm thinking about doing this. And you may have somebody there to say, you know what, that might not be a good move to do. Like buying, like just jumping into it as an example, buying a house right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people really want to buy houses, but maybe it's not the right time. You think interest rates are low, but they're like, well, you're going to buy a house 20 to 30% over market price. So why would that make sense to do that right now? But you're so gung ho. You're like, I got the down payment. I got the money and I want to do it. But realistically waiting a year, waiting six months, you may find something that's a better fit for you. And you're not going to pay that much money over price, but you just have somebody in your ear that says this isn't the right decision to do right now. So, um, so that's why I think it's important to have a financial advisor where you can find them. That's that's more of a, a simpler question. I mean, financial advisors are mainly done through referral service. So asking a friend, do you have a financial advisor? 
Um, there's so many things that you can, like you literally can just Google financial advisor and you'll get like, I don't know, five to 10 different types of sites that will pop up. But um, I think on the aspect of picking a financial advisor, I think that is more of a relationship type thing um, with somebody rather than what they do essentially. Um, and what I mean by that is, I think the relationship between me and the client is more important than actually everything that I can do because that's very simplistic. Um, the relationship is, are you and I going to jive together? Are you going to trust the recommendations that I give you? Are you gonna trust the advice that I give you? Um, if not, and you're going to question the decisions that I make or we're gonna go back and forth tit for tat and you think that you know more than me and all that kind of stuff, then that's more than likely gonna be a relationship that's not gonna work between an advisor and a client. So I think making sure that you, the, the client knows what the advisor's process is, how they function as an advisor, what they do, all those kind of things are so important because that's gonna kind of establish the foundation and, and then moving forward, so. Okay, okay, all right, all right. That's, I mean, so it sounds like everybody needs a financial advisor to some, some degree, like this, I mean. To some degree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and when you have a, and I think that's the thing too, is people think that when you get a financial advisor, you're like giving the reins up of your finances and your investment decisions and all that kind of stuff. And in some cases, there's some people that you say, you know what, I have a full-time job. I don't want to deal with my investments. I don't want to worry about that kind of stuff. You do it. You take care of it. And that's totally fine with me. Or there's some people there that are like, I want to have a say so in, in those kind of things, but I just want to make sure that I have the right resources. I have good recommendations coming in and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just kind of like you just got that. And again, that goes back to my relationship. And you know, that's just kind of things that you have to establish in the beginning. Like, what do you want from your financial advisor? Like, what type of relationship are you looking for? What type of communication are you looking for? Those are all the I feel those super main important things. OK, OK. All right, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you for some from free financial advice for the listeners. Like, okay, so I, I'm a I'm a father. I got a family. Uh, what are like maybe I don't know uh, your top three things that I need to kind of make sure that I have in place, um, or you know, I don't know, maybe have more than three or less than three. Like, what are the most important things that I need to to do? Um, you know, as a provider for my family, like what what do I need to make sure that I'm I'm taking care of? Obviously, yeah. You know, acquiring your services is, is one. I mean, I would say that's probably number one is or, or someone like you, you know, is like you say, it's relationship wise. Um, but outside of that, like what do, what do I need to do to, to set my family up, um, you know, just in the, in, the, in the untimely event that I am no longer here? Um, right. What do you suggest? Right. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I always suggest to my clients that has family is ask, I ask them first, do they have an estate plan and a trust set up? Um, and most of the time, the answer is no, particularly in the, the black community. Um, and the reason why I, I express that is one, that's how our families, your family and yourself is able to keep your legacy going after you pass. The other part of the trust and the estate is it protects you, you and your assets, all of your assets. So not just your money, it protects your house, it protects your business, protects your cars, and it protects it from the state. Um, so a perfect example, Chadwick Boseman, um, star of Black Panther, mm -hmm. uh, he passed, but he did not have an estate plan. And so 
what that did is cause uh, a still a year long headache for his wife to where she is in probate courts fighting to get her money. And it's her money. It's supposed to go to her, but because there wasn't an, uh, an estate plan put together, it goes to the state first and, and then the spouse or whoever has to go to the states to claim it. And so by the time you get it back after court fees and lawyer fees and everything else, you get maybe half of it back. So an estate plan avoids all of that. It's, it's like, an, it's, it's not a will because people think, oh, I have a will. It says who gets what. That doesn't keep it away from the states. An estate plan protects it. It keeps it um, essentially in the family. And so it, um, it, it just, it's one step that helps you make sure that you don't make your finances a burden onto your people that you're passing it on to. So that's number one is getting an estate plan slash trust set up. Um, number two is if you have kids, especially the families that I work with that have younger kids, the first thing I always tell them is they need to set up a, a, a 529 college plan because that is going to be very beneficial for them in the long term. It's great for, it's a great gift, meaning that um, like my wife and I, for example, for our sons, our second son's first birthday, we said, he doesn't need any toys. You can just donate to his college fund. And so uh, grandparents can donate to it. Aunts and uncles, cousins, everybody can donate to it. And it just gets invested in the market and you just leave it there for 17 years. You don't even think about it. And then by the time your, your son or daughter gets, goes to college, they have, if they did it at, at least one or two, three years old, by the time they got to college, I think on the minimum side, they would have us about 80 to 90,000. If it's just being just contributions made to it per month, and then just being in the market, you'll have on the minimum 80 to 90,000. And um, the other important thing too is, is like, let's just say your kid doesn't want to go to college you can switch it over to your other kid. Or if you don't have another kid, you can give it to your niece or a cousin or something like that. As long as it just goes to a child and gets used for college, it, it can be passed on. So it's essentially like a legacy for kids as well. So, um, and, and so, yeah, so, and it's just used for, uh, the 529 plan is used for any kind of college expenses. So um, books, uh, classes, um, I don't think it's covers room and board. Uh, but it, it covers the most of the everything except that. So those are the, the two main things, especially when dealing with families um, that I always say that you want to set up to. Uh, if you want to tie in a third thing, um, life insurance, that's obviously important to have too at times, um, just depending, making sure you, you get in the, the right kind of policy, but that's kind of like a whole other subject. But life insurance is, off, is, is also another good thing to have um, just in case something does happen. Got you. Got you. Okay. So you, you kind of mentioned, um, you mentioned your family, your family. Um, so uh -huh. you, you married, got two kids. How old are your kids? I have a three-year-old and a 17 month old. Oh, wow. Look at that, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how's, how's that? Perfect been? ages. <laughs> yeah. Are both boys? Um, I have two boys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been going really good. Um, they're at that age now to where they get on each other's nerves and they annoy each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, because one is playing with one thing and he wants to have his own time and the other, the younger, it's usually always the younger one wants to come mess with the older brother. My younger son, his name is Russell. My oldest is RJ or Ramon. He's a junior after me. Um, so Russell is always trying to play with RJ and sometimes RJ is like, dude, back up. I just want to be on my own, but Russell doesn't like it. So 
Um, but it's been great. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, seeing them become best friends and protect each other and hang out and laugh and joy and enjoy each other's company is, is an amazing feeling. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you have siblings yourself? I do. I have one older brother. Um, he is, there's an 11 year age difference okay. between okay. him and I. So he's actually the reason why I became a financial advisor because he um, has been a financial advisor since 2008. And coincidentally, he started with Merrill Lynch um, in 2008. And obviously the worst time to start out as a financial advisor was in 2008. But right. because of his grit and his grind, he, uh, he made it through. Um, but now he is an advisor at um, Wells Fargo. So, okay. Yeah, Man, that's dope. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, like what with, with two boys, the three and, and 17 months, so you got you got two young kids. What's what's like the, the daily routine? What like what what's uh, what's going on? I haven't been oh, there in a while. So um, it's actually changed a little bit because my wife has been a stay at home mom for a while. And okay. she recently with COVID and everything that happened, she was a teacher um, in Arizona and with COVID um, she felt on her heart that she wanted to be able to give back to help these kids that, um, are either struggling with school or have an opportunity to go back, but teachers are not wanting to go back. So she started teaching again. Okay. And so, um, so now the routine is my wife is all about fitness. Um, she works for this company called Beachbody. So she's a fitness coach. And, um, her schedule is she goes to work. I'm still working from home. So she goes to work. And so um, my morning schedule is I wake up, I um, make the lunches for my oldest son, my youngest, they, he gets lunch for him. So that helps. And then I make lunch for my wife. So she gets to work out. I make breakfast after that for the kids and make breakfast for my wife. After we get done doing that, we play around the house for a little bit, throw football, throw basketball. And then once we get done with that, we um, go get dressed, put our clothes on for school. We say our prayers once we get dressed. And then after that, it's time to go. We walk out to the car. I put them in their car seats, give them a kiss. I tell my boys every single day, make good choices. And then I give my ki- my wife a kiss, tell how much I appreciate her and I love her. And I tell her to make good choices. And that's the morning, man. That's that's how it is. And after that, it's my time to, to start grinding and protect, provide for the family. So I get to work and start doing my thing. So. Wow. So all that happens, all of that you just said happens before they leave the house. Like you listen. That all happens before they leave the house. And then the full day of activity. Jesus Christ. I know, man. So they're they're out of the house by like 830. So there's no it's so. So this is just a quick side story is that um, there's no sleeping in anymore, obviously now. Right. But um, as of recently, like a week or two ago, my wife was like, oh, it's nice that you got to sleep in. And I literally slept until like seven. And then she and I just started laughing. I was like, it's so funny that we say sleeping in at seven o'clock now because it doesn't happen that often anymore. So but anyways, yeah, man, that's 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 the that's the morning routine. And and that's what we do. But I'm a fan of it because my boys know what's going on. They're they're very um, attentive to it and it just gets them in the right mindset for when they go to school. Um, yeah. so that way they're, they're not going there wild and crazy. They're ready to learn and have fun and, and do, and obviously they're young, so they're going to have their moments and stuff like that. But, um, I just want to make sure that they're just, they just have a good foundation, a good structure going on for them at a younger age. 
Yeah, that's, that's really important, kind of setting that up, um, you know, or at least having that routine where you got, right. and, it, and it sounds like a really good one because you guys are getting to spend a lot of like quality time early yeah. in the day. Yeah. Like you're setting the tone for the rest of the day with some really quality time. Um, yeah. So even even on, in that time when you guys are apart, like you're apart right after like some really quality time together. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Like I, yeah. I'm an early riser. Like I, you know, I get up at four or five in the morning, kind of just it, even when I don't want to, like at my internal clock is like, yeah, it was five o'clock. What are you doing? Right. Time now? to go off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and my yeah. oldest daughter is as well. Like she's, if I, like, if I sleep in like at six 30, I hear her like ticking around the house, <laughs> but my, my youngest and my wife, they'll sleep till like 10 o'clock. If you let them, I'm like, yo, what is wrong with you two? Right. Uh, so right. we'll get up. And we'll have like a whole day before they wake up, like uh, on a weekend yeah. or something, like on a Saturday. Like we'll mm-hmm. we'll go, we'll get up, we'll make breakfast, we might go outside and do some stuff. We'll go to the store. Like we, you know what I mean? We come back and they just like wiping the crust out of their eyes. I'm like, we right. had a whole right. day already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Just with with having kids and stuff, and obviously you know it's just your that clock just never gets turned off. Like you just, you're, you, you're always on the go. And at least you mentally, especially as a father, like you just don't want to be that father that just like lays around and doesn't do anything. Like you want to be an active father in your kid's life. And you want to make sure that you're doing things with them. Because again, like I'm just a firm believer in just saying like, you never know when your time is up and I don't want to, I don't ever want my kids to know and, and feel that their dad wasn't there enough for them and didn't do things with them and all that kind of stuff. That's, if I ever had a fear, that's like one of my biggest fears is that they just felt alone and not really have a father figure in their life. So I, I try to make every intention possible to be with them and do things that I can with them, especially because as they get older, they're not going to want their dad around anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm annoying the heck out of them as much as possible until they get to that point where they don't want me around. I'm still going to be there, but yeah, I just, I just try to be very intentional with my time with my kids, man, because it's, it's a blessing to have them. And uh, I just don't ever want to take it for granted. Yeah. That, that's, that's like kind of a, the reoccurring trend and like every, everybody that I've talked to, um about fatherhood is like you know you never know uh when that's you know when your number's called right or or you, uh-huh. you just don't know like how much they're never going to be this age again like tomorrow they're not the same age they are today and so you have to kind of take advantage and capitalize on on the moment right and being present right. in the moment and like you said being intentional about your fatherhood um and that's really, really cool to hear, man, because, you know, that that's a part of why the podcast exists, you know, is, is mm-hmm. fatherhood is super important. And not only is it important, but it's actually a really cool job. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah man. It, 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 for, for all of the, you know, the, the complaining that people do about parenting and, and kids, like we, cause we, you know, we complain about your kids all the time. Right. Uh, right. But you, but you love them to death. Right. Exactly. But just just the the appreciation of how amazing it is to to be called dad, right. uh, you know, to be somebody's right. father, to be responsible for for you know other people's lives, not just now, but like twenty years from now, yeah. you're like, oh man, my dad was amazing, right. you know, that kind right. of thing, and not even for the right. clout of it, but just because it, it's it it's fulfilling, you know. Yeah, and and not even that. I just I don't. I, I just, it's not a guarantee that everybody's going to be a father. And that's the other thing. Like, I just, 
Like, I, I think back to like when I was training with you, like being a dad, like I wasn't even thinking about that. Like my <laughs> mindset was on football and I'm going to go here and I'm going to make it there. And then you got other dudes that are like wanting to be fathers, but unfortunately, given this whatever circumstance, they're not able to be a father. Yeah. And so I, I got the blessing to be one. And so like I even think about that to where, again, that's why I said I don't want to take it for granted or anything, because there's guys out there that that wish they could be a father and they couldn't just given their right. situation. So I, I see it as a huge, huge blessing to be a father and to and to not take it for granted and to definitely make every moment worthwhile because I, I just think we and that's the thing too I just think there's just people that sometimes just take too much for granted and just don't realize like how how good they got it just being a father in general even if your your money situation isn't where you want it to be but you got kids and you, you you're there to be in their life that's that's more of a blessing than anything so right right yeah that's that's the real wealth right it's like that, that yeah exactly those relationships and that family is 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 more than money for sure for sure man so you, you mentioned uh back when you you know used to train with me your dad used to to bring you in and uh if i remember correctly he was he was he was a cool dude man oh um, man yeah <laughs> uh how does how did that how does that relationship and, and how he was as a father to you kind of kind of tie into how you are as a father now is that is that something that you uh you lean on or you still you you know yeah hit him up like dad what do i do <laughs> easily for sure man, easily paved the way for me um i was blessed with an amazing father um and a role model to look up to um as as you mentioned like my, my dad knew how much football meant to me and he wanted to give me every opportunity to be successful at it no matter what it took no matter how much money he had to put out there so i was going to every camp every training session every college camp all of that stuff but not just that though he was a great um uh, a mental support for me because there's a lot of times where I wasn't getting the right uh getting the college scouts calling me I I didn't have um uh the right grades at some point and he was there to support me and pick me up and he in a, in a way to where it's just like dude this is what you want so you're gonna grind down for it or are you just gonna lay there and and want things given to you because the things that are given to you are usually not the best the things that you earn are, are better so he, he made me mentally tough and mentally strong, but he just showed me the blueprint of what a father does for their kid. Like I, I always tell even my, my oldest son, I tell him this, even though he, he still doesn't understand, but um, my dad has not missed a football game that I've ever played in uh, dating back to peewees. Like he made it to every single high school football game. When I went to community college in Ventura, he went to every single game there home and away. And then I went and played, in Nebraska, and he went to every single game there as well, home and away. He did not miss a college game. Wow. And he showed me that, but it made me show me his work ethic though, because my dad had a full has a full-time job. He was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And so he told me this story and it just blew my mind after I got out of college to where he had normally he would have Monday to Friday to call all of his doctors, get all of the work and paperwork submitted and all that kind of stuff. But because he was leaving on Fridays to get to my games on Saturdays, he had to get all of his work done Monday through Thursday and sometimes even on Wednesday. So he got work done that was supposed to be done in a five-day period. He got it done in a three to four-day period just so he can come to my games. 
And so that showed me the blueprint of like, this is what you do when that, and, and that's stuff that you don't need to tell your son. He just right. needs to see that your that your dad is there. But that's all the things that he did for me just to make sure that he, that I knew that he was there because being in Nebraska, I didn't have any family. So he made sure he did that. So, um, so it helped me send, shift my mindset to what I need to be as a father. Now, now being a father, um, it, it, it's more rewarding because I see how he lights up that he has grandkids. So he, he's very excited. He loves them. He plays around with them and he, he is, um, always wanting to be with them and, and teach them. And it's funny because he doesn't turn off dad mode. He still does dad mode with like the same things that he would tell me as a kid, like, Oh, don't do that. Don't like that kind of stuff. He does it with them. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see. So, um, but I do rely on him. I, I call him sometimes, especially if I have like my, my frustrating moments with, with my oldest, like, dad, this is what he's doing, man. And I'm telling him all the time to stop and he's not stopping. <laughs> what do I, how do you handle that? That kind of stuff. And then even marriage advice. My dad's not married anymore. He's, they've been divorced since I was in like high school, but he was married for over 10 years. So I, I call him every time if I have some advice that I need to be a better husband or to be more of an understanding husband, because sometimes my mindset shifts when it comes to that. So my dad has definitely uh, been my rock and, and still is my rock. So he's, he's been there for sure. That's dope, man. That's dope. You, uh-huh. you, uh, you mentioned that he he sh- he showed you, and sometimes it's like you as a father, you do things and you don't necessarily tell them. You just are doing these things because, you know, that's your role. Mm-hmm. Has he ever like had had that like fatherhood kind? And I know when you ask questions, obviously that that kind of prompts the fatherhood conversation. Yeah. But like prior to you being a father, and this is funny because I, I I think about it myself. Like if I had a son, would I be talking about what it's like to be a dad to him? yeah like ahead of time you know what i mean because you got that 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 weird like am i telling him to be a dad like you know what i mean like if I'm, yeah yeah if i'm talking yeah. about how cool it is to be a father and this is what I, you know right. there's that thing but then i'm also like you know at some point or you at least believe at some point your son is going to make you a grandfather so at some point he's going to be a father would it be beneficial to give him some fatherhood game before he becomes a father or, right. or like, like a lot of people just, you know, we, I'm just going to show you what being a father is. And then when you mm-hmm. become a father, you ask me questions. Right. I'm, I'm always asking like, would it be more beneficial if as a dad, you kind of talked about fatherhood when your kid gets around that kind of, all right, he might yeah. be mixing it up, having kids. Like maybe right. now I give him the game on what being a father is so they're prepared for it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always wonder, like, is that is that more beneficial or and I don't really know anybody who's had that conversation. You know what I mean? No one no one has that that talk. You know what I mean? We have yeah. the other, we get the other talk early before right. it happens, right. but we right. don't really get that talk. Um, and, and we kind of yeah. are, are all kind of learning on the job. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think that's that's probably what I was just going to say is my, my dad didn't really like when he found out that I was going to have a kid. He didn't like really have a father conversation with me of what it's like to be a dad because that's just not his personality. My dad's always been the one to where it's like, you need to do it first and then learn from the mistakes and then I will help coach you after that or I'll help give you that fatherly advice after that. So don't get me wrong. I mean, he told me like, hey, you just got to be ready. It's a whole it's a whole nother level when you have kids like you got another person, a mouth to feed. You got more money that's going to be going out. So he kind of gave me that. But 
there wasn't really like advice I would say right, that he right. gave me like this is what you need to do kind of thing and and I wouldn't and actually I in all honesty I I really wouldn't expect that and I don't know if I'd really want that just because um how I am I I like to go into things um feeling that I can handle it and, and not necessarily anticipate what's going to happen because then if it doesn't go that way my mindset is going to be everywhere and saying like oh I got to do it this way and got to do it that way so I'm kind of like, I'd rather just learn on the fly, essentially, and, yeah. and just, and it just helps me be better that way. Um, but I, I, my, I would say, I, I essentially, I guess I got the father talk, just through seeing my dad's actions. And that was the main thing, like, he didn't have to say anything to me, I just saw what he did for me as his son. And that was just, like I said, I just can't say it enough is that that was enough for me to see, like, when I do have kids, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I need to do, if not more. And so when I found out that how I was having kids, my mind just went, I just started thinking of like all the things that my dad did for me as a kid. I was like, okay, here we go. This is, this is, this is what I need to start to get ready to do because I want to be the type of dad my dad was. So I wouldn't say, I don't, I wouldn't say to not have that kind of conversation with your son if, if it's not you don't need to. But for me personally, it was something that I, I don't think I needed to have. It was just more of just me realizing that it was going to happen and then just getting ready because um, uh, I think that's just the experience that you also get with your wife too. You, you want to experience those things together and have, have your own type of learning things with them rather than being told what to do. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, so did you uh did you do any of the like the the fatherhood books or any of that stuff like you know what to expect <laughs> when you're expecting or any of those things um i did not i was told to by my wife and <laughs> she had asked me to she had gave me a couple of books to read i am an awful reader i mean i can read that sounds awful i mean i can read but i just don't like to read is gotcha. the thing i should say i i have a short attention span so if it's not sports related it's really hard to keep my interest or i would say financial related like industry stuff like investments that kind of stuff i have to read but other than that, i don't like to read for fun essentially is what i'm saying so um but we actually which i was uh, really excited about and why i love my wife so much is um she's a, a god-fearing woman like myself uh, God fearing man. And so we did a lot of devotionals together. Like we okay. did parent devotionals and stuff like that, um, that we read, um, virtually, I, I should say, cause she lived in Arizona while she was pregnant and I was in California. So we just did a FaceTime conversations and we would just do uh, a daily devotional or a weekend devotional of, of, uh, becoming a good parent. What is it? What is a godly parent? That kind of stuff. And that helped me because that's something that I think is very important to me is, is having God one in my relationship, but two in my family. So that, that again, helped me kind of shift my mindset with my faith into not just being about me. Now I need to have a, a faith that's going to involve my kids and, and start teaching them those kind of things. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was probably the only thing that I really did. And if to get prepared is just do more of a family and parent devotionals. Okay. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. I like that yeah. idea. Do you do you guys still do the devotionals, or or is that uh was that for that time period? We don't do it as much as we used to, and and that's something that I I, I hold myself accountable for because being um, in in the the Bible's eyes, being the man of the house, like that's my responsibility mm -hmm. to to bring that to the family, and so 
from what we used to do, like I said, doing it almost like five days a week, four days a week to now doing maybe one or two days a week. And granted, times are different, business and stuff like that, but still not an excuse to make more time for it. So I hope I that's something I definitely want to get back going more is doing that because you can never have too much God in your life. So. Right. OK. All right. So you so like what are what are some of the things that you got like like parenting wise from from the Bible or from from religion? Because I mean, you, you the, the devotionals, I'm, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't done any recently, but I've had periods of my, like, I've, mm-hmm. everybody kind of does, right? Like you have these periods right. of your life where you're like months of devotionals or you need to get the, the book or maybe you get some prompts on your phone now or, or something like that, where you take that, you know, few minutes and you read the, the passage for the day and kind of get yeah. yourself locked in. Um, but I haven't really ever done one centering around parenting. Like it's always been yeah. kind of, your, your own relationship with, with, with God, um, or your mm-hmm. own kind of spirituality. I've never really done one that's, that's parent oriented. Um, how was that for you? You know, it was amazing in an, as- in an aspect that it opened my eyes up to just a different part of the Bible and a different part of my faith. And so like, as an example, like when you're like my kids right now, um, I can tell them things about God and, and faith, but they're really not going to grasp that. And mm-hmm. so one of the devotionals I was reading, like as a, fa- a, a dad devotional was, this is the time kind of like talking about earlier, this is the time where you show your kids what it's like to be a God-fearing man, what it's like to be a God-fearing husband, and what it's like to be a God-fearing father. And those examples are your son seeing you read your Bible, because they'll be curious and say, daddy, what are you doing? And then you can let them know, oh, I'm reading my Bible, praying with your kids um, before they go to sleep, um, just saying the name Jesus, saying the name God around them, just so that way it starts to register in the head and they start to understand it. So that way, once they get older and you do start to go into more detail about it, it's not so much of a foreign language to them. They're like, well, what's that? Why? That's not even real. They just already kind of have that in their mind of, of what has been happening. So at this point, it's just more as a father, just setting the example and just being proactive and mentioning it, just saying, hey, we need to take one minute to pray to Jesus right now. And so like as an example, before we go to sleep uh, with my kids, we, we sing this song. Um, it's called the Lava Song. It's from this Disney movie thing. So we sing that. And then afterwards, we, we lay, I lay my oldest son down in his bed and we just say like a quick minute prayer. And we just say what we're thankful for what we're happy for, and then to have good sleep, uh, no nightmares, and wake up safely, and then we go to sleep. And to him, he doesn't really understand that part, but he he at least knows that we're talking to Jesus, and and right. so he he enjoys that part. So um, I think that's that's been a good thing because it not just helps them, but it helps me. Again, it holds me more accountable to be the God-fearing husband that I want to be and to have that faith in my house and, and not just be a guy that shows up to church on Sundays just to show up. Like I, I want to make sure like that's part of my life. So it's helped tremendously, but it's, it's really been good because it's opened my eyes up to what I need to do as a father um, when it comes to faith and, and holding um, myself more accountable to those types of things. So, right. That's good, man. That's real good. Like, uh, I like the, the, um, I don't know what the lava song is, so I'm going to have to, 
have to Google that, but <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I do I'll send it to you. <laughs> but I do I do like you know the the what you're grateful for that that kind of stuff that that you do before baby because I think a lot of times as adults and maybe not as kids because kids typically don't they aren't there yet right um, right sometimes but as adults we are typically praying for like what we want like we're kind of, we're always asking mm. for something you know what I mean um and and yeah. you know that 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 it's that two-way conversation right you can't always mm-hmm. like if i came to you and every time you saw me i was asking you for something you'd be telling people behind my back man i can't stand that dude every time right. i see him begging for something right <laughs> and like right. so there's got to be some like you know thankful grateful like there have yeah. to be you know you're and you're planting those seeds even if at their age they may not understand it you're planting the seed of gratitude. You're planting the seed of giving thanks. You're, you're, you know, they may not understand why you're praying to Jesus, but look, hey, I don't want nightmares. So like, yo, right. this is a right. good thing, right? Like if right. there's things that I don't want in my life, I know that there's a, a higher power that I can lean on to try to help me get through that. And so um, I think it, I think it's great, man. I, we do it with our kids, um, you know, as well. And they're a little older now. And so I kind of throw, we have like a kind of a nightly routine where we, before, even before we pray, we do um, three things we're grateful for. Um, one thing we struggled with today and one thing we want to work on for tomorrow. And the, struggle, like with, the struggle with thing is, is something new. And I got it because like, if you go through your whole day and this is because they're getting older, right? And they're getting, like, my oldest is getting to the point where, like, she's bored, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, get, like, if you didn't have anything today that you struggle with, you didn't challenge yourself, right? Uh-huh. There's, there's, there's something you left on the table. So if nothing challenged yes. you today, then you weren't going hard enough. And then, again, just planting the seed. Like, there should be something that, that you have to overcome every day. And not yeah. like, you, you, you know, the odds are stacked against you, but, like, right, right, right. driving for something. And that's going to challenge that you have to overcome and we're going to be okay with that because we're going to talk about it and that's the other thing is like i want them to feel comfortable being able to talk about their challenges because that's something i don't think a lot of people uh, well a lot of people struggle with that right like when you got especially uh-huh. men like i got daughters but men for sure like we try to take everything on our own we got yeah. struggles we ain't talking to nobody about it like i got it don't uh-huh. worry I, i'm cool we don't ask for directions that used to be the nope. thing back in the day right um yeah and so, you know, kind of talking to them about that and allowing them to let that kind of be the norm. <clears throat> then also following it up with how are we going to overcome that? Right. right. What, what can we work on for tomorrow that's going to help us get over that struggle? Um, right. And it, it's been really cool because it's sometimes like, you know, the day goes crazy or whatever. And I'll, and I'll forget to bring it up. And they're like, hey, hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 what i struggle with <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like yeah well yeah. we don't have to talk about the struggles but like okay let's go for yeah. it let's talk about yeah. it yeah. um so yeah so it's cool when you're when they're young like that to kind of implant plant those seeds because yeah. uh, it, they usually grow into something nice you know right 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 yeah it helps shift their mindset you're obviously molding their mind for having those kind of things i just I think that's true. I love the fact that you say what you struggle with, because again, I, I, I just think, especially at your, your daughter's age is that that's going to start to become part of the norm for them. Like they're going to start feeling the struggles and, and yeah. doing those kind of things. And so, 
when they don't already have the mindset of like, oh, my dad always, me and my dad always talk about what I struggle. So it's cool. Like now it's, I just got to keep on moving on essentially kind of thing compared to right. some kids that may not be prepared for that. They may take a different route and, and, and hit them a lot harder. So I think that's great, man. I love that. Right. And I think for me, selfishly, it gives me an opportunity to father one more time before they go to bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. I, I get this opportunity to teach one more time before yes. they go to bed. You know what I Definitely. mean? Like I have an opportunity Definitely. to like, okay, this is what happened. And sometimes sometimes it's like it backfires, right? Because bedtime used to be going, to, but like they'll have something they're struggling with. And now we're in this full on conversation. Yeah, conversation. Yeah. Like bedtime yeah. is bedtime is a little later tonight, but like it, yeah. it, it's enriching and fulfilling at the same time. Yeah. I like it, man. I like it. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I'll, uh, I know we're getting close here and then you gotta, you gotta run cause you're busy. Um, I had a couple, couple questions for you. Is there, is there anything that I didn't, that I didn't ask you if, if you were interviewing yourself that you would have asked? Nope, man. This has been top notch interview, man. Top notch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here, here's, uh, here's the, the big one, right? This is, this is what it's all about, right? What is, what is, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? Oh, what does fatherhood mean to me? Um, I would say fatherhood means to me actually a couple of things. One, being able to um, leave a lasting legacy on my kids. Like I, I want them to be able to tell their kids, um, this is what your grandfather did for me. And so this is what I'm going to do for you. Um, I want my actions to speak louder than my words when it comes to fatherhood. Like I want, I, similar to like what I said about my dad, I don't, I'd much rather my kids be able to see me do things rather than have to explain it. Like they can see it that way. Um, I think fatherhood is also being the rock of the family and being the one that's going to take the hits um, take the pain away from the kids as much as possible. Granted, like, obviously it's not, it's not likely to do that every single time, but if I can, I will try to take the pain away from my kids, no matter what, um, being the protector. Um, I want to protect them from everything and anything. Um, and I, I just want to make sure that they get everything they want and more, not just material things. Like I want to make sure they get the right support. Um, I want to make sure they they get the right education, um, everything like that. So um, fatherhood just to me, I guess, just means being there no matter what it is. Um, dropping what I have to do to be a father and to, just to be there for my kids when they need me. I just I don't ever want them to feel that. Um, that they need to go somewhere else. Like they need to ask some other guy <laughs> for something like that is the one stop shop. That's, that's all you need is your dad and obviously mom too, but everything you need is, is right here with dad. So I guess that's what fatherhood means to me. It's just, just being there for them, being the protector, um, uh, taking anything away from them pain wise that they may feel taking it on myself, being, being that shoulder to, to cry on, uh, cry on if they need and just to be there to just listen and support. Wow. Okay. All right. I always think like when, when I ask that question, it's usually like uh, there's an infinite amount of answers, right? Because fatherhood is so multifaceted. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, 
it, it's this and it's that and and so i i think you i think you nailed it there right oh cool 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 <laughs> not like there's a, any particular answer right but i right just answer like, yeah, yeah yeah like but when you're saying it i'm listening like yeah that's yep okay yep i'm just hitting yeah, check yeah. checklist right yeah yeah that too <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. If people wanted to to find you, contact you, uh, you know, on social media or something like that, how would they how would they go about doing that? Or if they they wanted to acquire your services as a financial, I don't know if you're taking on new clients or anything, but um, if they want to get yeah. in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? What's the what's the best way? Yeah. The the best way to um, get in touch with me is just uh, via LinkedIn. I'm I'm actively on there, an active user. Um, you can either just search me either Dominic Morris or um, it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash. I think it's Dom Morris ML, Mer Merrill Lynch, Dom Morris ML. You can search me that way. Um, uh, I do have a website, uh, www.fa.ml forward slash Dominic.com is that too as well. And um, yeah, that's that's those are the ways to contact me. Um, the main way I would say is just LinkedIn. I'm I'm actively on there, and uh, using that. So don't be shy. I, I think the main thing that I always tell um, people is, especially when it comes to um, the black community, is people are just embarrassed. They think that oh, I don't have enough money. Why would an advisor ever want to work with me? Um, that kind of stuff. And so I, I think even if you don't have enough money and you don't need my, my, my full spectrum of services, just having somebody there just to give you advice and just to talk to, to help you, I will do that. I don't charge for that kind of stuff. Um, so just, I'd say people just need to take steps to, to help better their financial literacy. And I mean, I think right now, last thing I'll say is a lot, a lot of people with the season is they want to be like fit and have the summer body and all that kind of stuff. But I always ask my clients, like, are you fiscally fit? You mm -hmm. may be fit and fitness in your body, but are you fiscally fit? And so I think that's the thing that a lot of people need to think about is if you feel like you, if you say like, yeah, I do, like, I bet you I can <laughs> identify some areas probably where you're not as fiscally fit as you think you are. So it's just good to just reach out and just talk to somebody like myself and just to have a general conversation just to see where you're at and see where you want to be. I like that. That might be the title of the episode. Are you physically, are you fiscally fit? <laughs> yeah. Cause I, yeah, I mean, that's, it's... that's super important. And obviously I'm, I'm a fitness guy. And so that, you know, yeah. the fitness part, you know, definitely rings in my ears, but the fiscally fit part, especially as a father, right. I mean, it's the yeah. four fit fatherhood podcast. Right. But, but yeah, finance yeah. is one of those four. And if you're not fiscally fit, then, you know, you're putting a strain on your family that maybe not necessary, putting a strain on yourself too. like, you know, yeah. trying to grind and do all these things when you could just make some better decisions uh, to set you yeah. up to have, you know, more time freedom. Because um, I think that at the end of the day, it's kind of what everybody is searching for is more time freedom, freedom in general, but more time right. freedom uh, and the ability to to be the things that you want to be wake up when you want to and I have to answer anybody kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. You just, uh, I think the, the main thing that a lot of people get scared of is on, on the fiscally fit part is, is, are, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to have enough money to retire? And am I going to outlive my money when I retire? Like that's a lot of the mindset that a lot of people think about. And so again, that's, that's essentially where the advisor comes in and, and I'm an advocate of doing financial planning. So we basically, 
take like an hour, hour and a half, and we just dive into your finances. We put all the numbers together. We come up with a, a net worth analysis. And that basically tells us this is how much your net worth is. This is how much money you're going out. Is your net worth higher than your, your, your liabilities, essentially? Do you have a positive or negative net worth? And that's just a real eye-opening thing for a lot of people because the people that are out there that are rich and got a lot of money, they got a lot of expenses too. So they think that, oh, I'm, I'm making X, Y, and Z. So it's just important to have like a physical copy of paper that can show you this is where you're at now. This is what I'm doing with my money. When I get to retirement, this is where I'm going to be at. This is how much money I'm going to be spending when I'm in retirement. Am I going to outlive my money? All that kind of stuff. So, and I do that for all my, my clients and prospective clients as well that want it. And I do that for free as well. So it's just something good to, to have just to see where you're at. And just a good confirmation. If you feel like you're, if you feel like you're on the right path with your finances, this will confirm that or let you know some changes need to be made. So. Yeah, I definitely need to get with you on that. That That's for sure. Yeah, so. man. So I, when we get off of here, um, and I get around, I'll hit you up later on about it. But I definitely want to uh, to see where we're at. Um, we had a financial advisor, you know, a while ago, but he retired, <laughs> um, and so it, we just kind of been running off of old information. Um, That's the trend, man. Similar to baby boomers retiring, all financial advisors are retiring. Yeah, the yeah, average so. age financial advisor is sixty six. That's the yeah, average. He was, a, age. he was a he was an old dude, right? And so old man. So he was like, "Yeah, I'll, you know, we got some other guys in the office, and I pass your information down." And I might have heard from the other guy like once, um, and then I wasn't mm-hmm. actively like doing my part of it. And he obviously was like, he got handed a, a file and was like, "Yeah, whatever." Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely a, want to, especially now with, with the transition that I've made my, my, in my own, you know, career, I definitely now want to see where we're at, see what, what, you know, what adjustments I need to make to make sure that we continue yeah. to live, live the life that we live and, uh, you know, you know, get the vacation and do all that stuff. That That's the whole thing, man. Li- living your lifestyle, not having to change it, man. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here for you, man. I got you. I'll take care of it. All right. All right, man. I appreciate you for for joining us, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I gotta ha- I gotta have you back. Uh, we can get more into the the fiscally fit part of it and get yeah. a little, dive a little deeper into that. Um, I know we talked yeah. about some other things, and so you guys will be hearing from Dom a little bit more. Um, but thank you again, brother. Enjoy the rest hey, of man, your day. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, sir. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, bro. All right.